Hi, this is Kim, and welcome back to Weber County's Greatest Generation. So I was looking at the date that I published the first part of the 1944 deaths, and that's been um, a few months ago. So I, it's taken me a little while to get this one done. Um, I've been researching the stories for a little over eight years now. And in that time, I've read almost every story. I think I mentioned in the last podcast about putting them in chronological order and seeing how close they are has been really difficult for me. And it's been even more difficult with um, this one. I'm not sure why I started writing this podcast right after the first of the year, and I just finally finished it last night. It's not that it's been hard technically, it's pretty much like the rest of the stories, but emotionally, there's been a couple of times that I've just had to step away for a few days, actually more than a couple, because it's taken a long time. So as I said before, um, 1944 was the deadliest year of the war for us, but I think only because the war ended in 1945. If we would have gone through the rest of the year, I don't even know how many deaths there would have been. So with that said, let's get started. So D-Day was June 6th of 1944, and we landed in Normandy. But the invasion was just beginning, and it was going to be a long battle just to get off the beach. As I talked about in my last podcast, Carl Yarrington was killed on June 6th, and James Longnecker died on June 7th, both just off the beaches of Normandy. In seven weeks, the Allies have moved inland only 10 miles, and we need to get out of the lowlands and the hedgerows of Normandy to be able to break out into the French countryside. And one of the first things they need to do was to get to the town of St. Lo, a town about 53 miles from the beaches. It would serve as the crossroads to get supplies and troops from the beaches and have room to move and maneuver farther into France. So to accomplish this, General Omar Bradley developed Operation Cobra, which was the first use of tactical bombing German defenses, and that's different from strategic bombing. Strategic bombing was used to bomb railroads or factories or something to slow down the German machine, but tactical bombing was used to help a particular battle move forward. One of the things that my study has taught me that battle plans, no matter how well organized and researched, never go as they are supposed to. War is hard and cruel and mistakes are made and plans change and you have to adapt. And unfortunately, in those times, communication was often limited. Operation Cobra and the tactical bombing was to start on July 24th. But because of the poor visibility conditions, the operation was postponed. Unfortunately, one bomber squad had already taken off and was attempting to bomb through the clouds. With limited visibility, they were short, and 130 Americans were wounded and 25 were killed, which included Private Richard E. Norton, age 20. He was the son of Earl and May Cook Norton of 2728 Kiesel. He was a member of the 119th Infantry Regiment and had arrived in France only three days earlier. After the war in 1948, his body was returned and he is buried in the Alteres Cemetery. Operation Cobra finally got underway on July 25th when 600 Allied fighter bombers attacked the strong points of enemy artillery 
and for the next hour, 1,800 bombers attacked a three and a half by one and a half mile area on the road to St. Lowe. That was succeeded by a third and final wave of 3,000 medium bombers who carpet bombed the narrow section. I just can't even imagine watching those numbers attack such a small area. Some of the bombs were short, which means they fell into American forces, and another 111 men were killed, including a three-star general, Leslie McNair, who was the highest-ranking U.S. soldier to be killed in the European theater of operations. By July 28, the German defenses had largely collapsed under the full weight of the 7th and 8th Army, but we were still meeting heavy opposition and counterattacks. On July 28th, Private Edgar Erickson, 22, the son of Mrs. Bertha Erickson of 2849 Childs, was killed in Operation Cobra. He was a member of the 8th Division and the 121st Infantry Regiment. He is buried in the beautiful Normandy Cemetery overlooking Omaha Beach. Also on July 28th, Private First Class Richard G. Elmer, age 22, the son of Mr. and Mrs. William Elmer of Hooper, was wounded in action and he died the next day. He was assigned to the 823rd Tank Destroyer Battalion of the 30th Infantry Division. One of their duties was to cover the engineers who were building bridges over the rivers to be crossed, and he was hit by German artillery fire. The family had his body returned after the war, and he is buried in the Alteres Cemetery on 36th Street. According to my research, we did not have any deaths in August of 1944, but September will more than make up for it. So we need to move to the other side of the world for a minute. Um, another hard fact that I found is that accidents happen and on September 1st, 1944, Technical Sergeant Henry Getz, 32, the husband of Mrs. Betty Getz of 1450 Washington, died in Hollandia in New Guinea as a result of accidental asphyxiation. He was a member of the 931st Engineer Construction Group, Aviation. There are no other details of the accident available, but he is buried in the Manila American Cemetery in the Philippines. Private First Class Leroy Christensen was sent to the Philippines early in 1941 before Pearl Harbor, and when the Philippines were attacked on December 8, 1941, almost all communications stopped. MacArthur had moved the American and Filipino troops to the Bataan Peninsula, and he was ordered to leave and go to Australia, and after he left, Bataan fell in April of 1942. So an article in the Standard Examiner on September 9, 1943 read, Mr. and Mrs. Chris Christensen of 957 27th Street were pleasingly surprised last evening when the mail carrier brought them a postal card from the Philippines notifying them that their son Leroy Christensen is alive. Soon after Bataan, they had received word that their boy was, quote, missing in action, unquote. Following a silence of nearly two years, which was almost unbearable, until the War Department sent a message in June stating he was alive. His mother speculated that he must have been hiding on one of the other islands of the Philippines, accounting for his late capture. 
continuing with the article, the postal card was printed permitting the drawing of lines to designate his health condition, which he marked as excellent. The censor, which I'm a little confused about, wrote in this line for him, I hope you are in good health. Please do not worry. Give all my regards to all of my relatives. I think it was probably the captor, not the censor, that wrote that. But anyway, to unmistakably identify the card, he was allowed to sign his name in his own handwriting. Leroy, a graduate at the University of Utah, when he enlisted, was an inspector at Hillfield, serving as a chemist, and was sent to the Philippines. So, just think about this. Private First Class Leroy Christensen survived the Bataan Death March and two years as a POW in the Philippines. So when the United States was closing in, the Japanese decided to move all of the prisoners of war to Japan. On September 7, 1944, the Shinyo Maru, part of a Japanese convoy, was sunk by the American submarine USS Paddle. 668 Allied prisoners of war, including PFC Christensen, were killed. Only 82 Americans survived, and that includes Lyle Knudsen. His story was one of my very first podcasts, and you can find that on the website, Weber County's Greatest Generation. It's really a harrowing story of how he survived. P.F.C. Christensen is listed on the tablets of the missing at the Manila American Cemetery, and he is also on this place of remembrance in the Ogden Cemetery. So we're going back to Europe. Lieutenant Charles F. de Moisey, I hope I'm saying that right, the son of Charles and Edith of 1263 27th Street, a pilot of a P-47 was reported missing near Chotel, France, on September 7, 1944, the War Department confirmed his death on May 24th of 1945. I knew there was more than one American National Cemetery in France, but I did not realize there are 11. And he is buried in the Epignol Cemetery in France. I'm going to have to take French and German and Italian before this is over. His squad operated out of Britain, and they took part in the D-Day invasion, and later were moved to the continent to provide more tactical support for ground forces. And again, we're back to tactical bombing. On September 7th, Staff Sergeant Arthur M. Cromwell, the husband of Helen Cromwell of 215 West 21st Street, was reported missing over Germany. He served as a tail gunner on the B-17 Little Lambsied Ivy, for those of you who are old enough to know the song. The report indicated that they had been shot down by flak east of Lutherstadt, Germany. They had completed 27 missions over France. His death was confirmed by the War Department on January 3rd of 1945. I'm not sure if his body was recovered, but he does have a marker in the St. George, Utah Cemetery. On September 12th, 1944, we lost Lieutenant Richard Spence Burroughs. And he is considered the first American in World War II to enter Germany. And it is also an amazing story. And there is a podcast about him on my website. So check that out. Private Earl S. Jackson, 29, the husband of Mrs. Lottie Gom Jackson of Roy, had four children. He was killed in France on September 14th. He was assigned to the infantry and wounded by artillery and died shortly after. 
he is buried in the Normandy Cemetery. In addition to accidents and war, we also lost men to illnesses. On September 15, 34-year-old Private Delbert C. DeWitt, husband of Marion Johnson DeWitt of 2475 D Avenue, died in a hospital in Italy of encephalitis, and he is buried in the Sicily Rome American Cemetery in Italy. 25-year-old Private First Class Lawrence Lee Cassidy, the son of Mrs. Madge Cassidy of 977 Binford, and the husband of Irma Cassidy of 3421 Washington, was a member of the 2nd Division 123rd Tank Battalion Unit. After the success of Operation Cobra to get out of the French lowlands, American forces under Patton were ordered to Brest, which was southwest of the Normandy beaches. The Germans maintained a large U-boat submarine base there that gave them direct access to the Atlantic Ocean. When the Americans got there, the Germans were waiting for them. They had blocked all of the roads with anti-tank and machine guns. The Americans were able to get past those, but on December 10th, they reached the outskirts of the city with the old city wall, which was 25 feet tall. The fighting continued until the inner city German garrison surrendered on September 19th, but Private Cassidy was one of the 10,000 troops killed in that battle. He died on September 16th and is buried in the cemetery in Brittany, France. Private First Class Richard Felix, 28, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Edward Felix of 227 32nd Street and husband of Lorraine Felix of 3848 Washington, was killed in action on September 26th. He was a member of the 36th Infantry Division, the 142nd Infantry, and the 142nd had fought in Italy, both in Salerno and Anzio, until they were sent to southern France in what was later called the Riviera to Rhine campaign. The military name was Operation Anvil. His body was returned in 1948, and he is buried in the Alteres Cemetery. We lost a pilot on September 27th, 27-year-old Staff Sergeant Fred Stodmeister, the son of Mr. and Mrs. E. F. Stodmeister of 3167 Kiesel, was a member of the 20th Wing Battalion, the 489th Bombing Squad, and was a ball turret gunner on a B-24. Their crew had just completed a mission over Kassel, Germany, when the plane was shot down. In 1948, his body was returned to Utah, and he is buried in the Ogden City Cemetery. In Italy, on September 28th, we lost two more. Private Leroy Staples, age 30, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Amasa Clark of 2129 Grant, and the husband of Dolores Staples of 2639 Jefferson, died in the Po Valley. He was a member of the 363rd Infantry, 91st Division, and was killed in action with the Germans. He is buried in the American Cemetery in Florence, Italy. Also on the 28th, 36-year-old Private Johnny F. Long, husband of Mrs. Mary Nora Long of 36 Navy Way in Washington Terrace, was killed in action. He was a member of the 351st Infantry, the 88th Division, and died of shell fragment wounds. He is also buried in the American Cemetery in Florence. On October 1st, we lost 24-year-old Captain Eddie Winkler, who was the husband of Theron Kid Winkler of Hooper, and the son of Mrs. Frank Aston of Ogden. He was the pilot of a B-29 that went down in the mountains of China. 
In September of 1944, he was reported as missing in action in a previous crash, but actually made his way back to his unit. He has a really interesting story that you can also find with my podcast on Weber County's Greatest Generation. He has a marker in the Ogden Cemetery. On October 14, 1944, Private Carl B. East, the husband of Mrs. Lila Ma East of 2879 Monroe, was reported missing in action in Italy. He was the son of Mr. and Mrs. Herbert East of 339 4th Street, and he was a rifleman serving with Company C of the 135th Infantry. This company had been sent to Anzio, where they had been spending months trying to move up the beaches and to break out from the Germans. This is another really horrific chapter of the American history in Italy and what had happened. After one year, the War Department reported him as officially killed in action. He has a marker in the Ogden City Cemetery. He's not included on this place of remembrance, but I think it was because he was not declared dead until the monument had been commissioned. On October 24, 1944, another infantryman, 20-year-old Private First Class Dilworth R. Young, the son of Mr. and Mrs. S. Dilworth Young of 1506 24th Street, was killed in action in Belgium. He was serving with the 415th Infantry in the 104th Division. The 104th had landed in France on September 7, 1944, and moved to a defensive position in Belgium, where they were the first American regiment to relieve an Allied unit on the Western Front. They were also the first to fight under an Allied rather than an American commander. Their history says they liberated Zundert Holland on October 25th, just a day before Private First Class Young was killed. His body was brought back to Ogden in 1947, and he is buried in the Ogden Cemetery. On November 2nd, 26-year-old Lieutenant Charles R. Alberg was killed in action. He was the son of George and Ollie Alberg of 3072 Porter and was married to Mary Faye Green Alberg. He died of wounds received during action in Germany. And Lieutenant Alberg served with an Ordnance Evacuation Group. I've never heard of that before, but as I was looking at it, it's an amazing story of those who were charged with getting ordnance out of um, places where they were having to leave. And so I'm sure there'll be more to come on his story. He was also survived by a 13-month-old daughter, Claudine, that he had never met. This is another um, tragic story because the same week the family received the news of his death, they were also notified that his brother, 20-year-old William, was wounded in France on Leyte in the Philippines, and the Albergs had two more sons serving in France. Lieutenant Alberg's body was returned to Ogden for reburial in the Alteres Cemetery. So our next one is also a really interesting story. 32-year-old Ronald Wakeford, the son of Sam and Rose Wakeford of 3401 Brinker, was killed on November 4th in France. He was born in Wales and in 1940, before the Pearl Harbor attack, had joined the Canadian Royal Air Force as a gunner. On their way to England, he contracted spinal meningitis and returned to Canada to serve in the anti-aircraft Canadian defenses. In August of 1943, he transferred to the U.S. 7th Army Infantry and served in Italy and then France. On September 4th, he took his oath as a U.S. citizen in an outdoor ceremony in Italy. 
He died only two months later in France. In 1948, his body was returned to Ogden, and he is laid to rest in the Altarist Mausoleum. On November 15th, 20-year-old Private Andre Pistoia was killed in France. He was the son of Mr. and Mrs. R. Pistoia of 439 West 21st Street. He had arrived in France in September and was a member of the 397th Infantry Regiment, the 100th Division. He was killed in a battle for Clairupti. Again, that was not right. A small village about 250 miles east of Paris. The history of the regiment talked about the freezing weather and interminable rain during the battle. His body was returned and he was later buried in the Ogden City Cemetery. On November 18th, three days later, in France, we lost 21-year-old Private Sam Morelli, the son of Mr. and Mrs. A.J. and Pauline Morelli, F-1248 Liberty in Washington. He was serving with the 324th Infantry Regiment, the 44th Infantry Division in France. He is buried in the Epignel American Cemetery. That cemetery has the graves of 5,255 men with an additional 424 names of those missing in action and is located about 257 miles east of Paris. The next day, November 19th, we lost 21-year-old Private Dewey De Palma, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Joe De Palma. He was serving with the 398th Regiment, the 100th Infantry Division. There is a history of the regiment, and on November 19th, they were fighting in the Vogues, which is a range of low mountains near the border with Germany. It was incredibly dark. The fighting was intense, and they met heavy German resistance. On January 3rd of 1945, there was a solemn requiem mass for Private First Class Pistoia, Private Morelli, and Private De Palma, held at St. Joseph's Catholic Church on 24th Street in Ogden. In 1948, Private Diploma's body was returned and he is buried in the Ogden Cemetery. On November 22nd, Private First Class James Hawkins, 19, the son of Mr. and Mrs. George Pledger of 142 West 2nd Street, was killed outside of Falcloma, France. He was a member of the Mortar Section, 4th Platoon of B Company in the 318th Infantry. The company was in a night attack when they encountered stiff resistance. They were forced to repel four counterattacks and were badly scattered. When a check was made, Private First Class Hawkins was missing, and in 1945, he has been reported as killed in action. He has a headstone in the Ogden City Cemetery, and I think it was the date of his um, confirmed death that he's not included on this place of remembrance. On November 26, 25-year-old First Lieutenant Albert L. Garr, son of Mr. and Mrs. Albert Garr of 2673 Van Buren, was reported as missing in action on a reconnaissance mission over Holland. Lieutenant Garr was a pilot with a P-51 um, in the 363rd Tactical Recon Group of the 161st Squadron. He had completed 70 missions with 780 combat hours. He was also later declared dead and is memorialized on this place of remembrance and also on the Netherlands American Cemetery in Limburg, Netherlands. This is another story of two brothers that I did a podcast on previously that you can find in my podcast. In December, we lost two pilots within a week on opposite sides of the world. 
On December 5th, Corporal Andrew Keith Farnsworth, 19, a member of the 23rd Bombing Squad, 5th Bomber Group, was killed in action over the Dutch East Indies when a B-24 was shot down. His brother, 21-year-old Captain Everett William Farnsworth, died just one week later on December 12th. Um, He was a fighter pilot in an F-38. When his plane was last seen, he was leaking coolant over Wetzlar, Germany. Although he was initially buried in Westphalia, Germany, in 1949, he was interned along with his brother, whose body was also returned. They are buried in the Centerville Cemetery, about 24 miles south of Ogden. Um, Private Del Nelson is another incredible story that I did a podcast on uh, last year, and it has actually had the most downloads of any podcast I did. Private Del Nelson, 20, the son of Samuel and Julia Buse Nelson of 3856 Harrison, was killed on December 18th in what would become known as the Battle of the Bulge. Private Nelson's father, Samuel, had been killed in what was called a mass murder in Ogden on July 23rd, 1943. Tragically, the Nelson family lost their son just 15 months later in Europe. His body was returned after the war, and he is buried next to his father in the Ogden Cemetery. Again, the podcast has all the amazing information, so check that out. We lost two more on Christmas Day. 21-year-old Glenn Poulton, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Ralph Poulton of 2825 Jackson, was reported as missing in action on the English Channel on December 25, 1944. In March of 1945, the status was changed to killed in action. He was a member of the 262nd Infantry Regiment, the 66th Infantry Division. He was aboard the transport Leopoldville, just five miles from the port of Cherbourg, when they were hit by a German torpedo from a U-boat. 14 officers and 748 enlisted men were lost. His name is included on the missing in action or buried at sea tablets in Normandy, and he is also on this place of remembrance. And I knew about this story, but I didn't realize that there were two of them. Also, on December 25th, Private First Class Edwin Warner, son of Edwin C. Warner and stepson of Hazel Perry Warner of 651 22nd Street, was also a member of the 262nd Infantry 66th Infantry Division and was aboard the Leopoldville. He is also memorialized on the Missing in Action or Buried at Sea Tablets in Normandy and listed on this place of remembrance. And finally, on December 28, 1944, 19-year-old William D. Ramsey, seaman, first class, the son of Mrs. Laura and Dow Ramsey of 3133 Jefferson, was reported as missing in action. He was on the ship, the SS John Burke, which was a Liberty ship that carried cargo. On December 28, while transporting ammunition to Mindindoro, Philippines, the Burke was hit by a Japanese kamikaze. The blast killed her crew of 40 merchant marine sailors and 29 armed guards. The Japanese attack was the beginning of a two-day series of attacks on U.S. convoys, sinking several more ships and costing hundreds of lives. Even with this, the force finally reached its destination on December 30th with the material needed for the Mindoro invasion that was to take place in early January 1945. Seaman First Class Ramsey is listed on the Missing in Action or Buried at Sea Tablets in the Manila American Cemetery and also on this place of remembrance. 
So this podcast has been a really, really tough one for me. It's just overwhelming when you put all the stories together. In 1944, we lost 65 men from Weber County. In 1945, there will be another 63 deaths. But as I said before, the war ended in Europe in May and Japan in September. So thanks for joining me today. The podcasts, all my podcasts are available on iTunes, on my Facebook page or website, Weber County's Greatest Generation. Thank you 